Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. James 4.16 says, But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. You know, the James James says that basically... He says, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we, we, even these guys, man, they can stuff a basketball and they make all this big money. It's ridiculous what they make. You know, and they cry and whine, act like a bunch of babies. But yeah, we sit there and idolize them all. But the bottom line is, is everything they can do, they can do because God gave them that ability. And I can practice 24 hours a day, seven days a week, choir, and I can't sing like y'all. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. I just don't have the voice. God didn't give me that ability. Yeah, we work at it. Yeah, we hone it. Yeah, we practice. But we can only go as far as God lets us go, right? We can only go as far as that ability we've been given, and only a select few can hit those certain places, whether it's sports or music or instruments, you know. Giftedness. God gives you that gift. So how do we defeat the devil in these areas? I just want to give you a few strategies here. These are just five or six of the strategies. Number one... He says to flee. Look at first, first Timothy chapter six, verse six. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. I want to give you five or six strategies. There's more, but there's at least five or six strategies. Look at verse six. He says, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. How many hearses you seen pulling a U-Haul, right? Whatever they, people died with, they left it, right? Lady says, well, how much did he leave? And they said, all of it. You can't take it with you. Right? He says, for we brought nothing in this world, certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and in many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, from some, which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and per, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O oh man... Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called. You know, he tells Timothy one other place. He says, flee youthful lust. Flee those things. Second thing he tells us is over in Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 12 and 13. Romans chapter 6. He tells us to flee. He tells us deny. What did Jesus say? Take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow me. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 12. 
Actually, back up to verse 11, he says, Likewise, also reckon or consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as members of instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So we flee, we deny, we resist. Look at James chapter 4, verse 7. You know, we're not to rebuke, we're not to bind, we're not to cast the demons, the devil, rebuke them, whatever. But the Bible says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, and then resist the devil. God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. What's that verse? Draw near to God, and he'll do what? Draw near to you, right? There it is. So we flee, we deny, we resist. Fourthly, we bring every thought captive. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Actually, back up to verse 4. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. That stronghold is that area where you're weak, that area where you have a problem, that area where you're tempted. He says, casting down arguments. What's an argument? That's that, well, it's just, it's just a little white lie. It's just a this. It's just a that. I'm only doing it this once. It's whatever you use to justify that sin. Whatever I use to justify that sin. Casting down arguments and every high thing. The devil says, you know, I got the answer. He says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, it all starts here, right? As a man thinks, so is he. You start out, you got a problem, you change the channel of your mind. I was telling the earlier service about the man, and I thought he was crazy in the nursing home. I walked down the aisle. I think some of the people heard this on Wednesday night one night when I filled in for Brooks. But walked down the aisle, and the man had Channel 3 on, on cable, right? You know, that's all the TV shows, the pre, you know, what's coming on and what time and the whole nine yards. And But, you know, up at the top, there's a bunch of stuff you don't need to be looking at. You don't need to be seeing. You don't need to be listening to you know what this man had done? He had made him a little piece of cardboard and cut it and taped it to the top of the TV and he had folded it down over the top part of the TV. And all he could see was what was on the channels. That's pretty good, isn't it? I said, what in the world? This guy's crazy. And then I got to thinking about it and I said, you know what? I know what he's doing. He's keeping that stuff out the eye gate. It's keeping that stuff out of the ear gate. You know, it's not enough that you mute it, but you got to protect your eyes too. 
And that was what he was doing. I might have to get me one of those for my TV. You know, I think we probably all need one. But you know, the bottom line is, is we've got to do whatever it takes. So we've got to stop those thoughts. Whatever starts in your mind, I tell people, change the channel in your mind. Pretend you got a channel changer. Change the channel in your mind. You see something, you think something, change it. Memorize you some verses. Memorize you some scripture where you're weak. Be ready when the devil comes. Do what Jesus did. He quoted scripture. Quoted three times. It is written, it is written, it is written. All of them out of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 8. All three of those. It is written, thou shalt not worship anything but the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt thy God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what he said. And he said, away with you, Satan. And the devil left him, as it says in another place, until a more opportune time. Don't think he quit just because that's the only time we know about it. The fifth thing we talk about. We gotta bring every thought captive. We gotta resist him by submitting to God. We gotta deny the flesh. We gotta flee. Fifthly, in Galatians 5.16, it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Let God control you. And then the sixth thing is in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through about 20. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Live righteously, live holy, live truthfully. Praying. Take the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. That's what we fight the devil with, is the word of God. We say, devil, God's got the good stuff. You're just a liar and a thief and a murderer. All you want to do is destroy me. All you want to do is... Kill me. Tear up my family. Take my children, my wife, whatever. Get me locked up. Whatever it is, that's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy our testimony. And he's doing a pretty good job nowadays, isn't he? If you just take it and look on your TV, it's all over the place. All over the place. And lastly this morning... Go back to 1 John chapter 2. And he says, And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The world's values are short-lived or temporary. You know, the Bible says that 2 Peter 3.10, For the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Never. So the bottom line is, is all of this junk's going away, right? I mean, I hate to tell us, folks, but, you know... We drive the car off the parking lot, and we go down the road, we get a rock flies up and chips to paint, right? Drive it off the parking lot, it's worth 80% of what it was worth when you had it on the parking lot. Your 
clothes are wearing out. Your shoes are wearing out. You're going to have to clean your house again next week. You're going to have to do all this stuff. Because the world's passing away. It's not meant to be permanent. We're just meant to be aliens and strangers passing through this old world. You know, he says the world is passing away in the lust of it. The lust of it is passing away too. One day in heaven there won't be any more of that. He says there will be walls around that city and no thief, no idolater, no murderer, no coveter, no anything besides those that are holy from God will be in that place. They can't get in. And so he says, basically, that he who dies with the most toys doesn't win. You know, but what are we doing? Are we trying to get the most toys, the most good stuff? You know, and there's a lot of good stuff in this old world, you know, and all of us like certain things, you know. But it's easy to get sucked in by the stuff of this world and just forget about God. We're so busy. We're so caught up in our families. You know, I'm not saying all those things are wrong with being with your family. You know, Jesus said whoever gives up houses or lands or families or property, whatever, I will give you a hundredfold in the next lifetime when you go to heaven. But you know, Jesus got it right. He said, I must be about my father's business. I must be. You know, Jim Elliott was a martyr missionary and he said that he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to get that which he cannot lose. You know, I've probably quoted that before, but he is no fool that gives up what he cannot keep to get that which he can never lose. We gotta realize this stuff's going away. It's not gonna go with us. But the bottom line is, is the will of God is what we need to do, right? What does it say? And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does what? The will of God abides forever. That doesn't mean we're going to heaven, but it means whatever we do for God will remain. You know, the will of God is the true purpose of why we're here. The will of God is the best thing we can do with our lives. It's not just a thing, but it's the best thing. You know, it's good to have things and to be with your family and do all the stuff. And I'm not saying just pack it all up, go give it all away. And, you know, Jesus gave us stuff because he wanted to give us. He wanted to bless us. And there's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with having good stuff. There's nothing wrong with doing a lot of the things we do. It's just when they become idols, when they become our number one priority, remember, beliefs, values, priorities, when we believe that the things that we're doing are the most important things, I've seen too many people. I'm just going to stop and get on the soapbox a minute. I've seen too many people, you know, and I know it happens in this church, and I said it a while back on Wednesday night, but I want to say it to everybody. 
Brooks brought up a message one night says, what stops us from doing the will of God? You know, and they brought up a lot of things. And, you know, I, I think about so many people that said, Marty, I'm going to do this. And I'm just using Marty because I know about the examples that Marty has. They said, Marty, I'm going to help you. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to do the other. And I'm not doing this to guilt trip you to come help me. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm doing this because I don't want you to miss out on God's best for your life. If the best for your life is helping Marty, help me. If your best is to be in the choir, get in the choir. If the best is to teach Sunday school, to help the kids, to teach the youth, to whatever it is, I want you to do it. Whatever God's called you to do. But I don't want you to miss out on God's best. But so many people say, I'm going to help you. And they get busy. They say, I'm just too busy. I don't have time. Remember what I said, that the devil don't want you to do what? If he can't send you to hell, he don't want you to do what? Do God's will. And he wants to destroy your testimony, right? Guess what? I see a lot of that. And I'm sure this staff sees a lot of that. Maybe you've seen a lot of that. We're all guilty. We all could do more than we we do. But the bottom line is, is, is God has called us to be missionaries. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so I see people that say, I want to help you. I want to do this. I want to do that. They never do it. They never show up. They never help. Or they help once or twice. And then their life goes upside down. They get crazy. And, you know, life goes topsy-turvy. And guess what? They don't ever do what they know God called them to do. They know. They know. They know God called them to do it. And if you don't do it, you're missing out. I'm missing out. You know, it's such a shame that there's so much that we could do in the body of Christ for God to advance His kingdom, to get serious about His business. But we don't do it because we're too busy. We're lazy. You know, our families come first. Our jobs are, you know... And as soon as you determine to do something for God, guess what? The devil's going to pull out the machine guns, the Gatling guns, the Scud missiles and everything that he's got. And he's going to turn them loose on you. Because he doesn't want you to do what God wants you to do. He does not want you to do it. But you don't let him stop you. You keep on going no matter what happens. And all of a sudden you'll find out things are going to get a little better. You know, when, you know, the devil's going to attack you. He's going to throw everything he can at you. But if you just keep on keeping on and don't let nothing stop you, devil after a while, he'll back off a little bit because he'll realize that he can't stop you from doing what God's called you to do. You know, God's not so worried about our comfort as he is about our our doing what he called us to do. That's right. God's not interested in us being comfortable. But he's interested in us doing his will. 
This is a tough message, folks. I know it. And it's not easy for me to preach. But you know, we need to be like the psalmist and say, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. But he says, whoever does the will of God abides forever. The point is that whatever we do for God is going to last forever, isn't it? We want to be an asset, not a liability to the cause of Christ. And when we do that, it's going to last forever. One man said, what do you want written on your tombstone? When you die, what do you want said about you? Made a lot of money. Whatever. You fill in the blanks. But notice there's three reasons why God doesn't want us to love the world. Look in verse 15. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We've already addressed that. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you just got your priorities wrong. You're cheating on God. Number two, all this in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is what? Not of the Father, but is of the world. And number three, the world is passing away in the lust of it. You know, I told you in 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, Now all things are God who has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine that people may see your good works and glorify who? Our Father who's in heaven. Matthew 6.9 says, Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth. Where moth and rust corrupt and thieves can break in and steal. But lay up your treasures in heaven where nothing can happen to them, right? Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And when you seek His kingdom and His righteousness, He said, all these other things I'll add to you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to give you what you need. He's not going to give you your greeds. But He's going to give you your needs. He's going to give me my needs. And so if we seek His kingdom first, we're okay. But what does it profit if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? So today, I just want to ask you today, where do you stand in this equation? Have you gotten so far off the track? You got caught up by the TV commercials. You got caught up by... The Joneses next door, you want to impress people you don't like, you got caught up doing things that really don't have any place in the kingdom of God. You know, we can all do good things, but what is the best thing? Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father above. It's not about this world, it's not about me, it's not about you. But as the Baptist Convention, I guess, has adopted, it's all about Him. And if it's not all about Him, we need to repent as a church, as individuals, as people of God, as people that don't know Christ. Get saved. Get right. What was that old song? Turn your eyes on Jesus. 
look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this world will go faintly dim in the glory of His grace. I believe that's how the last part goes. I'm not sure. But when we look at Jesus and we do what we're supposed to do, then God will take care of us. So I want to ask you today, kept you all long enough and God's through. Hopefully you are finishing as I'm finishing this morning. You didn't tune me out, turn me off, but you listened. Like I said, this isn't about Marty. It isn't about us, but it's all about him. And so today, serious business. Let's all do business with God and determine today to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Realizing he's going to take care of us. Realize that there's nothing in this world that's as important as God. We sang all the songs this morning. You know, we, we sing the songs and we know that God is good. And he's good all the time. And we know that he loves us. But we just don't show him. We don't trust him like we ought to. We don't believe him like we ought to. But God can use you. I don't care how little you are, how old you are, how young you are, whatever it is. I tell people in the nursing homes, if you're still alive and you're still breathing, God isn't through with you yet. There's a reason for you to be here if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, guess what? You think there's no purpose to life? There isn't. Because you don't know Jesus. But when you trust Jesus, you've got a purpose. He's got a plan. And you've got something to do that will last for eternity. Now let's get about the business and do what God's called us to do. So today, you just tell God whatever it is that you need to tell Him. You come up here, pray. You come speak to me. You come talk to some of these people Dan's got some folks up here to be glad to talk with you, to pray with you. Just bow your head where you're at. Just do whatever it takes to get right with God today. And if you're not saved today, you trust Jesus. You say, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, I want to have a purpose in my life. I want to know your will for my life. You know, God's will is not a mystery. He's not hiding it saying... Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you can't find it. But if you seek Him, you'll find Him. If you just ask Him and delight to do His will and want to know what He wants you to do, He'll tell you. And when He tells you, He'll give you the ability to do what He's called you to do. Because God doesn't leave us out there without the ability. You say, I can't do that. You can't. But God can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's bow our heads. And you tell God whatever it is today that you need to tell Him. You get right with Him. You do whatever you need to do to get right with God. Because there is nothing. I said nothing. Absolutely nothing more important than doing God's will. 
if you're a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, there's nothing more important than trusting Him and believing on Him. Lord Jesus, we thank You today for the message. Lord, it wasn't an easy message. But Lord, it was the message You laid on my heart. And I hope and pray, Lord, that people will do whatever it takes today to get right with You. To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Knowing that all other things will be taken care of by You. Because it's not about us. It's not about our stuff. It's not about our families. It's not about our houses and our cars and our whatever we have or don't have. But it's all about You. So, Lord, I pray that everything we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God, that our lights would so shine, that they would see our good works and they would glorify you in heaven. Lord, wherever we go, we'd be the light on the hill. We'd be salt to those that don't know you. And people wouldn't be saying, oh, there goes Marty, and he calls himself a Christian. But they'd be saying, hey, there's something different about those folks on the corner of Penn Waller and Johnny Mercer. There's something different about that guy I work with, that girl I work with, that young lady, that young man, that, that little girl, little boy. There's something different about them. And Lord, help us every day to make that resolution to be more and more like you, knowing that as we step out, you said that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. So all we have to do is be willing. And then you enable us. But you can't move us if we're not a moving vehicle. So Lord, help us to take that first step. And then you prod us along, Lord. Keep us on the straight and narrow. And work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.